Welcome to Awaken to Grace in session two of our series called Ask Anything. Today we get into a couple of really deep questions. We talk about is hell eternal? What does scripture have to say about an eternal hell? And then we also talk about marijuana antidepressants, anti-anxiety medication, marijuana for recreational use, marijuana for medical use if it's prescribed by a doctor. And of course, we are not doctors by any means, but we do think that scripture has a world of wisdom to say to us regarding marijuana, regarding anti-anxiety, antidepressant medication. And so we're, um, as we go through this, I think Pastor Chad's answers are very meaningful. I think they're very thoughtful. And I really think that comes through on the podcast that um, he's not just saying these things flippantly. These are things that we've thought about, talked about, and that we prayed about and we want to hear from the Lord on. So I think today is going to be just so much really good information for you guys to uh, to take on today. So I hope you really love session two of Ask Anything. What does scripture say about marijuana? If it is used correctly and responsibly to ease anxiety and depression, is it better than medication for anxiety and depression? So that's an interesting question for our culture. More and more states are legalizing marijuana. So this is a very interesting um, question for our culture today. Uh, more and more states are legalizing uh, recreational marijuana. I realize the question that, that the individual has submitted is referring to medical use, but I want to separate for a moment uh, the difference between recreational use of marijuana and, and medical use, and I'll address both of them. Uh, so I've got a lot of concerns pastorally over marijuana. You know, people will try to say, oh, well, you know, it's something that God created. Well, God created a lot of things that you're not supposed to take. Um, so is it, is it, is it wrong? Is it sinful? Well, you know, on areas that scripture is silent on and scripture is silent regarding marijuana. My question is not for my own personal life is not always, what does the Bible say about this? Cause if scripture silent in an area, I still want to know what the whole counsel of scripture says. And here's what scripture teaches us to do as Christians choose wise things. So for me, the question is, is it wise or is it unwise? Is it healthy or is it unhealthy? And I'll tell you exactly where I land pastorally and as an individual Christ follower. I do not want to take anything that alters my state of mind. I think that's where it becomes wrong. I think recreational use of marijuana is foolish and I think it's wrong. Why? Because Scripture says, as Christ followers, we are to be of sound mind. 1 Timothy 1.7 We don't have a spirit of fear. We've been given a spirit of power, love, and sound mind, or another term there would be self-discipline. I'm not going to do anything that alters my good state of mind for that reason I think recreational use of marijuana is very unwise and unbiblical. Now, let's address the medical side of marijuana. Um, so, again, I'm speaking as 
an individual Christ follower. Uh, I feel like there is a difference between physical needs, physical um, problems, and soul issues, soul problems. So I noticed the person who submitted this question mentioned miracle marijuana for anxiety. Um, Okay. Yes, there are true chemical imbalances. There are, I I know, I know uh, a lady that passed of cancer and they prescribed her uh, marijuana pills because it helped with the physical pain. Um, I wouldn't throw stones at that at all. I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, judge that in the least. But for me, um, I try to distinguish what are soul issues and physical issues. So for myself, I fight being a diabetic. I constantly am in a fight of diabetes. I take medicine for being a diabetic. I'm not an anti-medicine person in the least. Uh, Matter of fact, I think God gives great breakthroughs through some of these things. Now, on the same token, I don't think medicine is always the answer. Let me tell you briefly what happened to me at the end of 2016. Uh, I was going through the most difficult season of my life and ministry I had ever faced. There were multiple problems, not one, two, three, four. There were multiple. For one, my father passed away. Uh, Two, I was going blind. I was just beginning to lose eyesight. I knew that something major was going on. And I went to see my doctor for my routine, you know, diabetic checkup. And my wife spoke up and said, he's not going to tell you, but here's the fact. He's dealing with this. He's dealing with this. And there were like five major life things going on. And my doctor sat down with me and he said, Chad, you know, I don't think you can see the pressure that you're under. And he said, I'm going to write you a prescription for some anxiety medicine. And he wrote me a prescription and I took it. And, and I really weighed it out. And I said, Lord, uh, I'm not anti-medicine. If you want me to take this, I'll take it. But I want to know how you feel. And this is what the Lord taught me, okay? The physical issues that I was having, yes, I take medicine for that. And, and I don't think I'm, I'm wrong in that. But what I was dealing with were soul issues. Mm. And I felt like the Lord told me, okay, I'm talking Chad. The Lord said, Chad, I want you to look to me. There, I, the Lord said, I'm telling you, there's light at the end of the tunnel. It doesn't look like it now, but there is. And the Lord gave me Psalm 121.1. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And the Lord said, I don't want you to take the anti-anxiety. I want you to look to me. And that's what I chose to do. And it was a dark season. And it was a long season, and it was a hard season. But the Lord was right. There was light at the end of the tunnel. My issue, be it marijuana or just simple anti-anxiety medicine, here's how I approach as a Christ follower, and you have to figure out for yourself what the Lord wants for you. Paul commands in Philippians 4, verse 6, be anxious 
for nothing. <laughs> okay, Paul, that's a whole lot easier said than done. Mm. But do you know where Paul was when he wrote that? Paul wasn't in a resort. He wasn't sitting in a balcony overlooking the Mediterranean Sea and sipping on some kind of <laughs> tropical drink. Paul was chained to a Roman guard in a filthy dungeon Roman prison. And yet Paul could say, be anxious for nothing. Friends, that's not a suggestion in the scriptures. That is a command. It is an imperative. And you know what? God would not command it without giving the grace and the strength to provide with it. So I took that to heart. I had many problems, many things that were beyond my control. And I said, Lord, I'm going to learn to be anxious over nothing. And see, my concern pastorally, I could have taken anti-anxiety medicine, and that may have numbed some feelings or whatever. But how's that going to affect my soul? The only prescription, the only remedy that can affect my soul, that can have a good effect on my soul, is the prescription of the Word of God. That's what I need to be taking, not something that's just going to numb me. So for that reason, again, I don't want to take anything that's going to alter my good state of mind when God has given me a sound mind. I don't want to take something that's going to help me cope when God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. No, I'm going to exercise those things first. And then if there is a chemical imbalance, if there's something physically going on, okay, I'm not going to throw stones at medicine. That may be the next step. But here's what I would tell a precious sheep. Here's what I would tell a precious follower, a child of God. I would say, don't rule it out. Speaking of medicine. But don't make it your first choice. Mm. Look to the Lord first. Take Psalms 121 verse 1 first. That, that would be my counsel. Yeah, and this is pretty fresh in, in my life too. Um, I had a friend, a really, really great friend of mine who's dealing with um, anxiety, depression, and it's sort of like a post-COVID anxiety, depression kind of thing. And so they were considering going on some kind of anti-anxiety medication and they're a believer and they're, you know, they hear from the Holy Spirit and they love the Lord. And, and I was kind of taken back when they, when they had told me, and I just asked the question. I just, I was trying to be as loving as I could. And I said, are you going to take the medication because it's convenient? So here's the difference in the life of a believer and someone who hears from the Lord, who has been baptized in the Holy Spirit, who understands the power that they have in their life through the Holy Spirit. It didn't make sense to me because they weren't willing to go to war first. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. They weren't willing to put in the time to pray. Because let's, let's stay in Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer yeah. and supplication, with thanksgiving, mm. let your requests be made known to God. That's exactly right. So did you, my question was, are you doing this because it's convenient? Have you spent time on your knees praying? Have you got, have you went to the Lord with thanksgiving 
through prayer and supplication, have you taken these steps first to hand this over to the Lord and say, God, I trust you with this. I believe you with this. Because listen, anxiety and depression is hard to deal with. There's a lot of sleepless nights. There's a lot of, you know, physical um, things that happen that are that are surrounded from anxiety, depression. So That's I understand right. that. I yeah. under, I've been there. I and know we're what not that throwing. Is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're not throwing stones no. here at all. Uh, you know, I, I said it was the hardest time of my life. Hey, that's before I went blind. Mm, yeah, yeah. So anyway, so so <laughs> the the other side of this was. Are we doing this out of convenience? Are we doing it because it's easy because you don't want to deal with it because you can just take this little pill and numb that? And uh, so that was a really hard conversation. And since that conversation, they had, and this is probably a year ago at this point, they decided not to go on the medication. And we fasted together. Mm. We did Bible study together. Mm. I prayed with them, over them, daily, weekly, whatever they needed. And here we are on the other side, and their life is full of joy again. Their mm. life is full of um, it's it's no longer kind of like a cloud over their head. You know, Praise they God. they've made a massive breakthrough. Praise God. Praise and so God. I just want to encourage you, if this, it, whoever this person is or or if you're somebody that deals with anxiety, depression, I just want to ask the question. Have you gone to war first? Have you done taken the steps that Scripture gives us to take? And I, I believe, listen, if you've taken these steps, if you've done these things and 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 just you've not gotten breakthrough and this is also important, and you have peace in your spirit about medication, then maybe you have a, a physical limitation. Maybe it is something that's literally a chemical imbalance. And so if that's peace between you and the Lord, great. But I would say if you haven't done those steps, if you haven't really contended with heaven over yourself or over your loved ones if they're dealing with this, then that's really where you need to start and not by sitting in a doctor's office with a prescription. Yep. No, I completely agree. And, and, and you know, another misconception that I think we have as Christians sometimes is we shouldn't have to work hard to pray. Friends, that's not true. <laughs> yeah. uh, we, we think, you know, I shouldn't have to work hard to be where I need to be spiritually. No, it's going to take that. And, and you know, I, I love how Paul sprinkled this in. It's, it's just like he just sprinkled this right into the text. Don't be anxious about anything, but by everything through prayer and supplication with what? With thanksgiving. Mm. Do you know what will attack depression the most? Thanksgiving. Yeah. What will attack anxiety the most is thanksgiving. What will attack isolation the most is thanksgiving. And you may have to work hard at being more thankful but that's where your energy should go mm. into those things first. Mm. So, friends, again, uh, we're by no means throwing stones at anyone who chooses, you know, uh, the medicine side. Uh, we're not doctors at all. Mm. And, nope. and I wouldn't tell you to uh, change this, do that. I, uh, no. But what I am saying is if you are a child of God, you have the ability to hear from the Holy Spirit you have the ability to take God's word into your life, and then you need to draw your own conclusions from there. You need to be sensitive to the Lord um, and, and see how the Holy Spirit is going to lead you. All right. Next question is, how could an all-knowing God be all-loving since he would create people that he knows for a fact would be damned? Ooh, that's an interesting question and a hard question. 
First, first let, let me, well, I'll just tell you the first few things that come to my mind. You know, it was C.S. Lewis, that amazing thinker. C.S. Lewis was uh, an atheist for many, many years, and then he became born again later in life and became just one of the best thinkers that Christianity ever produced. He lived in England. He wrote the Chronicles of Narnia and many, many other great books, Mere Christianity. He was just brilliant. Well, C.S. Lewis said that in ancient times, it was God on the judge's bench, and it was mankind, humanity, in the dock. Somehow, in our modern day, we have reversed the roles. It is God in the dock and mankind on the judge's bench. Wow. Mm. We have the order reversed. Yeah. Paul addressed this topic in Romans 9. Apparently, uh, someone had asked basically the same question to Paul. Um, Eric, read for me what Paul says in Romans nine twenty. Starting in verse 19, it says, You will say to me then, Why does he still find fault? For who can resist his will? But who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Will what is molded say to its molder, Why have you made me like this? True. What, a, what an incredible scripture that is. Who are we to tell God? You're just or you're unjust. You're loving or you're unloving. No, God is on the bench. We are in the dock. Now, another thing that comes to my mind that I think is important to understand, hell was never created for mankind. Do you realize that? Mankind was created originally to enjoy fellowship with God. But what happened when man sinned? When humanity welcomed sin into the world, what happened? We became enemies of God. We aligned ourselves with the exact same rebellion of Satan and his demons. And the scriptures teach that hell was created for Satan and his demons. Well, when you and I are born into sin because of the original sin, well, we are aligned with him. And what the beauty of the gospel is, is God took us who were enemies and made us sons and daughters. Now that is unbelievable. But I want you to understand, hell was never created originally for humanity. It was only for Satan and those who had rebelled against God. That's why what we read in the Garden of Eden in Genesis 3 is not just simply bad. No, it's calamity. It's death. And it is eternal death. That's why we need the Lord Jesus Christ in our life. That's why we desperately need him is because in our sin and our rebellion, we are aligned with Satan and his demons in rebellion against God Almighty. So I do not believe in a literal and a eternal hell because I love the concept or because I even like the concept. See, that's something you have to ask yourself. Do you believe the words of Jesus because they're comforting to you or because you agree with them or even like them? I, I hate the idea of an eternal hell. I don't believe it because I'm attracted to the idea. No, but I believe it because it's what God's word teaches. So whoever submitted this question, as hard as it is, as difficult of an answer as what it is, I believe the biblical response 
when I have the same question as you, here's what I tell myself. Romans 9.20, who am I to tell the maker, to tell the creator, to tell the judge you are unjust or you are wrong for your decisions? I'm in no position to do that, and neither are you, my friend. Have you signed up for my weekly devotional email? Every Tuesday, I send out a devotion that will help you grow in your faith. Go to my website, awakentograce.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, and when you sign up and submit your email, you'll get a direct message from me every Tuesday. Sign up today at awakentograce.com.